When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from PitcherList.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is August 7th, and yes, we are going to talk about baseball. Zach Thompson yesterday, four innings, one to run, two hits, one walk, and eight Ks. You're like, wait, Zach Thompson, like the Marlins guy and the Jays guy? No, 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 no. This is Zach Thompson of the Cardinals, who finally got an opportunity to start because of Miles Michaelis getting suspended. He's going to go, by the way, tomorrow, Miles Michaelis. But Zach Thompson got an opportunity across 60 pitches, but he got 15 whiffs and eight Ks in that time. He has a really big breaking ball, a good fastball inside the zone, a good cutter as well. This is kind of interesting, uh, and if he does get more starts for them, I don't know if he will, but then again, Matthew Liberatore, should he be starting? Should Dakota Hudson be starting? There's a chance, I'm going to say, that he goes at the end of like a six-man rotation, and that would mean that Zach Thompson goes against either the Royals or the Athletics next. Something to look at. Okay, uh, so this was Rocky Road, and I think they did play in a little bit to it. But Zach Thompson is interesting. And if the Cardinals do actually let him do this, then hmm, maybe I actually let him join my fantasy teams. But as of right now, it's not the most overpowering four-seamers for 94-95 with decent vertical break, but not like that kind of pitch. Uh, looking at Johan Aviedo, I might be not giving him enough respect right now. Seven innings of zero and runs, two hits, three walks, and six Ks. But the four-seamer just is not a good pitch. And I'm happy that it worked well here, but it's sub-25th percentile in CSW. Strike rate and plus percentage among all four-seamers. A plus percentage is essentially when he throws a fastball. Is it a good outcome for him? Sub-25th uh, percentile is terrible. So, I love the slider. It's always been that way, but... You know my rule, Wasker no rule. If you have a really good slider, it's got to come with at least a really good fastball on top, or at least another very good pitch, too. Yohan Aviedo doesn't have that, so he's just really a cherry bomb in his streaming options. Still, Austin Gomber honestly kind of surprised me to hear that he went zero in runs in six innings yesterday and got the win in St. Louis. It was nine best base runners with three walks and two Ks, but he's allowed two runs or fewer in seven of his last eight starts. And that includes, like, the Astros in cores. Really weird. But uh, so how is that working out? It's a three ERA and a 110 whip in those uh, seven of eight starts with a 16% strikeout rate. This was before yesterday's game, by the way. Uh, then you have also a BABIP that is around 300 and a left on base rate around 73%. He's not allowing home runs. It, it's just weird. It's just very, very, very weird. Uh, I don't believe it whatsoever. It's not going to stick around. The uh, the 15% strikeout rate is probably not going to be there. I haven't even seen like pitch usage changes. So, uh, yeah, I'm not going after Austin Gomber. I'm so sorry. But this been, it's been weird. Andrew Heaney against the Marlins. 5.2 innings of zero and runs. Six base runners and four Ks. He's still a cherry bomb for me. He did not pitch at his best, but he got the win against the Miami Marlins. If you want to go against it with the Giants next, by all means, but he's still a cherry bomb. Kyle Bradish. Only won 4.2 innings, but it was zero in runs. He made it work with five walks. Oh, man, 87 pitches against the Mets. Yeah, this is not a good start for him. I think he's going to be better moving forward, so whatever. He gets the Mariners, and we just start him there. It was a bullpen game for the Red Sox with Chris Murphy getting destroyed after, of course, because, yeah. Um, Chris Bassett was on the other side of that against the Jays. 
uh, for the Jays against uh, Fenway, I should say, in uh, against Boston. Uh, seven innings, one hundred runs, seven hits, three walks, six Ks. Obviously, the whip isn't great, but like you just keep starting Bassett and you don't think about it. I know. Finally, the, the ERA is underneath four again. Thank you very much. And remember, it's nine hundred runs to start the year, so. That's kind of not fair. Uh, Lance Lynn against the Padres got the win. Six innings, one run, four hits, two walks, six Ks. And it doesn't look like the Dodgers are moving away from cutters to throw more fastballs around like 65% uh, to 70% uh, fastballs now. Four seamers. So it does seem like a legitimate thing for him. Is that actually good though for, for Lance Lynn? I don't know. Secondaries are not that good. So we'll see, but he gets Rocky Road next, and we're going to embrace that one, too. Dallas Keuchel is back, and he gave us zero strikeouts in five innings, but one earned run and a two-whip with ten base runners. So, yeah, Dallas Keuchel do not touch. Bryce Miller was insane against the Angels. Five innings, one earned run, and ten Ks with a golden goal, 22 whips, and 44% CSW. How? Because the four-seamer got 13 over 47 whips, which is insane, but the sweeper had a 68% CSW, 63, I should say, across eight thrown, and 43% CSW on the slider. It was such well placement down in glove side the four seamer was up it was everything we want from Bryce Miller this is it this is the peak of Bryce Miller we got that in yeah you saw 10 strikeouts in five innings only you know only five innings and 85 pitches fine but I'll take this all day of course Erasmus Ramirez yeah he exists because Tyler Glasnow was scratched with a back injury I hope he's okay with back spasms so hopefully those spasms are resolved and he'll start later this week very strange there. Zach Gallon is going Blake Snell blooper in seven innings of two and runs, four hits, two walks, and eight Ks. Oh, thank you! Because this was four-seamer and curveball dominance. And we saw a lot of those starts before from Gallon where it was a curveball being great at the bottom of the zone, the fastball just doing whatever it wants, low or high. This was high with the four-seamers. We saw whiffs on that. You saw some change-ups and some cutters. Uh, maybe they're actually classified as sliders now. Regardless, seeing Gallon go really good four-seamers, really good curveballs, that is what I want. I haven't seen this from Gallon for like a month. So, excellent to see that. It gives me a lot more confidence moving forward. And he retains his ace is going to ace label. Phew! I was going to remove it after his last start, but this is much, much better. Chase Silsa didn't get a Gallows Bowl 21 whiffs because of Bryce uh, Miller on the other side. But this was ridiculous. Seven innings, 200 runs, four hits, one walk, 12 Ks. What? This is the second out of three games for Silsa throwing over, or earning over 12, 10 strikeouts. And... I thought it was a slider, right? The new breaking ball was everything with Silseth. No, he earned 12 whiffs on splitters, including also nine whiffs on the, the slider, right? That, that, that's insane. Or maybe it was seven whiffs, but you understand the point. Slider was great. This splitter was great. Silseth was amazing. I don't expect that splitter to still be this good. The Mariners are generally really, really bad at like change of specifically, I think it is. And I would classify the splitter like that. So it doesn't surprise me too much that this came against the Mariners. Still, I mean, you feel like you got to pick up Chase Silsa, except it's the Astros next. Am I going to do that? Maybe? I, this is this is wild. This is like the best we'll see of Silsa. I don't expect us to see essentially the Kenta Maeda happening with Silsa with amazing splitters and amazing sliders. Uh, while the fastball is like 95-96, not like the worst fastball ever. It's not great. PLV really doesn't like that fastball. PLV loved the splitter, obviously, yesterday, and the slider was better. Actually, I didn't really love the splitter, honestly. Um, but this was the best PLV start. That is, best location and stuff combination for Seth with the slider and splitter. Uh, it does feel like it's a little bit of a, a flash in the pan. He is going to get some starts with Canning on the IL. I I don't know how long Canning's going to be on the IL for. So, Seth might have a terrible start against the Astros and then get kicked out again with Canning coming back. We'll see. Um, but it does feel like, I mean, Silseth has to go way up on, on the list just because it's two out of three starts going on these 10 strikeouts. Like, that's just stupid. 
Jose Quintana against the Orioles is much better at the moment with six innings, 200 runs, six hits, two walks, and six Ks. His command was far, far better than it was in the last start. And yeah, I feel more confident about the command of Quintana. It was really nice to see that um, after uh, just having not good command last time. Jesse Schultens, is he a guy now? It's two straight starts of productivity of six innings pitch and a total of 300 runs. So 12 innings of 300 runs in the last two starts. This was against the Guardian, six innings, 200 runs, six hits, one walk, and six strikeouts. He had a seven over 19 with curveball. And he was essentially going Blake Snell blueprint. But the thing is, that curveball over the entire season had his, a 10% swing strike rate. Do I believe that all of a sudden now it's going to be a big whiff pitch? I do not. So I don't really think this is going to be a big thing. Maybe he's a deep streaming option against the Brewers next. But Jesse Schultens is not a guy that I'm targeting. Brandon Woodruff, speaking of the Brewers, um, went against Pittsburgh. And he threw over 70 pitches in his last rehab start. So we did expect this one to go well. I actually had him as an auto start, despite the still ill situation. What do you know? Five innings, two earned runs, four hits, zero walks, and nine strikeouts. Exactly what you want. I can't give him the ace is going to ace yet, because it's just by rule of thumb. I don't do that until the third start back. Um, but yeah, it feels like he's going to get his ace is going to ace label pretty dang soon in the next two starts. Fastball was great. Slider was good enough. Sinker was good. Champ actually didn't get any whiffs and that should change moving forward. Zayvon Curry against the White Sox, five innings, 200 runs. Yeah, he's not going to go 50% CSW on his slider moving forward. Like he's just not. And I think we move on from that one. He also had a 92% strike rate on the slider, which is absolutely hilarious and not going to stick. All right. There are a lot of other guys to talk about today and tomorrow. And, of course, from yesterday's games, we're going to talk about all of those after this break. This podcast is sponsored by Underdog. Want to make money making picks on MLB games? And you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick to two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 so you have some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's underdogfantasy.com or underdogfantasy in the app store. Sign up with promo code PITCHERLIST and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Must be 18 year older, 19 year older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit www.ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1 800 Next Step. In New York, call 1 877 8 Hope NY. In Tennessee, call 1 800 889 9789. Justin Steele went against Atlanta. He got a win, but yeah, everything else was terrible because like we got to treat Atlanta with court, like it's course. It's 12 base runners, four walks and seven Ks, three and runs in 5.1 innings. Don't worry about it. Just, I know he gets the Rangers next, but I'm still like better with that than Atlanta. And I still think I'm going to start Steele there. Might be the bottom of probable, top of questionable. Probably the bottom of probable for Justin Steele there because the Rangers are also really good. But yeah, he's fine. Uh, Jake Irvin against the Reds is very interesting because it was not a good start. And you should not be leaning on Jake Irvin. It was 4.1 innings of 300 runs, 6Ks, 7 base runners. But he was at 96 on the fastball. And we've seen Jake Irvin go from 93 to like 95 to 94. Now he's up to 96.4, which is really good. And he got some whiffs on that. And then 10 cold strikes in the sinker. But the secondary stuff is just a curveball. It's three pitches right now. Fastball, sinker, curveball. And that curveball was just four for 26 whiffs. So I really need to see some true secondary that is actually legit for Jake Irvin for me to really buy into this. I don't even want to say the four-seamer is exceptional at 96. We've seen relatively mediocre fastballs at 96 before. It doesn't innately mean that Irvin is really good. But I do actually think from the times I've seen Jake Irvin that he has mechanics that can 
be repeatable and create good command. There is something interesting here. He just needs to learn like a cutter or a slider that is actually legit to get whiffs. The curveball is good, and I think that actually will be, it's more of like a good fourth pitch, not really that amazing third pitch. Really that amazing second pitch is what I should say. It should be like the third pitch and the sinker is kind of the surprise called strike uh, inside fastball kind of pitch. Uh, Luis Medina against the Giants. 3.1 innings of 300 runs. 5 hits, 5 walks, 3 Ks. Oh man, I should have picked Silseth instead of Medina instead of the streamer. I was so close on the two of them. And I wanted to believe that Medina had four starts of the breaking balls working and it's in Oco against San Francisco. But yeah, the slider just wasn't good. 21% CSW and four whiffs. Womp, womp. Without that, he's super pedestrian. You couldn't find strikes in this game. It was just a bad day at the park. You know, it's it could easily come back. We've seen that before. It's just one bad one, and we've seen four good ones and one bad. Could come back next time, but yeah, it just depends on the matchups. And for Medina, next time out, uh, he is going to get the Washington Nationals. It's not the worst start, honestly, to go and chase that, because um, it's not a bad win chance, just because the Nationals don't have good win chances either. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, not as convincing as it used to be. Um, I'll be a probably top of questionable start when that happens. Taiwan Walker against the, the Royals. Honestly, I think this is the last one here. So seven innings of four and run, seven hits, one walk, two Ks, got the win. But he's down to 91 on the fastball. And he was really just like looking for anything else to help him. Um, this is rough. This is getting really, really rough. And uh, I think we're on the verge of Walker just kind of falling off the table. But if you want to try one more with Taiwan Walker... Stavon Walker does get the Twins next. Go ahead. They do strike out a ton, but I think I think this is just the time to get out on Walker. Uh, Sandy Alcantara against the Rangers. You're going to see four runs and a loss and think, oh man, but it was six innings of six hits and zero walks. That's a one whip and seven strikeouts. And you saw pretty good command. And unfortunately, it was uh, three home runs. Two on bad sliders up that deserved to get crushed and one on 0-1 fastball to Devaris that was honestly like decent hitting and that happens. Um, so whatever, you move on. Alcantara is still really, really good, and that's fine. The Rangers are just the Rangers. Uh, Lion Richardson made his MLB debut for the Reds against the Nationals. Three innings, four and runs, four hits, three walks, two Ks. He throws hard. Uh, 96-97, he saw zero out of 29 whiffs on that four-seamer. So, yeah, he only threw three innings in all of his minor league games in AAA, and when you know only three innings here, 66 pitches, you absolutely do not go after Richardson. Now, Alex Cobb started uh, in a surprise start. I thought it would be more of Alex Wood. Um, but this was against the Athletics, and now I've realized that across his last seven starts, only one of them, this is coming back from the IL, has had splitter whiffs. It was 5.1 innings of five earned runs, seven hits, one walk, and three Ks. I can't believe in Cobb right now. He needs that splitter, and I he was able to uh, get by with the slider getting a lot of strikes before, and he did come back for 10 of them here, or 10, uh, 10 pitches or 11 pitches or so, but it's just not enough. And I'm just not going to go after this with Alex Cobb until I see like multiple starts of that splitter coming back. I don't, I, I just can't trust it right now. Charlie Morton against the Cubs, 4.1 innings of five earned runs, four hits, four walks, four Ks. It is so frustrating. But then again, it's the Cubs. And if Charlie Morton's going against the Mets next and the Yankees, I feel like that's okay. But it's just, he's a hipster. And I totally understand if you want to drop Charlie Morton, he is killing your whip this year. Um, you might be surprised to hear that Charlie Morton's whip is 144 for the year. I mean, 386 ERA with 24% K rate and 10 wins is a great thing, but that whip has been so bad this year. 11% walk rate is not acceptable. So, yeah, that's uh, that's tough. That's what you're doing if you have Charlie Morton. He's been a hipster, headache-inducing pitcher, starting feeling the entire roster for the for the full year. Yeah, it's. I know it feels weird, but you might have to do that. Uh, Zach Greinke does what Zach Greinke does. Jose Urquidy had a still ill against the Yankees. He actually, you know, he was out of the zone, but it felt like if he just squeezes it in a little bit more, he was in the right spots for the most part, just a little bit too out of the zone. 
And I feel like he's going to be good when he's up to about 85 plus pitches as a uh, solid Toby for the Astros. Matt Manning was bad against the, the Rays and he's only at 92.5 miles per hour. We're not 95, so absolutely not. Uh, Rich Hill against the Dodgers. I mean, sure, we know we're not going to do that and that we move on there. And Carlos Rodon, oh man. So I feel like I made all the excuses of Carlos Rodon. I hear myself. I understand so many people think he's terrible and he's washed up and he's cooked and I get it. I've had so many rants about him. All I'm going to say is this. One, it's hamstring tightness, so we don't know when he's going to start again, which is annoying. Um, but two, uh, I, I, let's say he starts against the, the Marlins later this week and everything is fine. I'm doing it. And you think, Nick, come on, we can't do that. Well, it was a terrible slider to Rodon. Uh, sorry, to Alvarez. Oh, two slider. Like, ugh, I hated it. Horrible. Left the yard. His fastball was over 96. This is the first time I've seen it the entire year. It's been around 95 and changed the entire time. It was really good. 37% CSW. His slider, 42% CSW. Just a stupid one to Alvarez. This was the best I've actually seen Rodon, even though it was 2.2 innings of five earned runs. It was 5Ks in that time. I, I, I legitimately think like, okay, the Astros are really good. Okay, Rodon had a tight hamstring. Okay, and he made like two bad pitches to allow two home runs. You know, like, I, I know it sounds crazy, um, I, you guys have seen me like Alec Manoa or something. I'll be like, yeah, I get it. He's terrible. We'll move on. But Radon, yeah, this is the best we've seen of him all year. Uh, and like I, I compare his skills to what we saw in 2021 and 22 and like, it's kind of similar. So I, uh, yeah, I know this is like the best by low situation. I think for Carlos Radon is what I'm trying to say. Am I going to have him high on the list? No, I'm probably going to have him around the forties or something like that. Cause I recognize this, but I am going to tell you that Carlos Rodon is someone that I think is going to have a way better September than everyone else is giving him credit. Okay, looking forward to today and tomorrow's starters. We have Spencer Strider, Garrett Cole, Pablo Lopez, Freddy Peralta, and Logan Webb. Yes, Logan Webb today. It's updated. Um, not Alex Cobb, of course. He won yesterday, so Logan Webb's at the bottom of this tier. You have probable start tier of Kodai Singa, Brian Bayo, Dylan Cease, and Dane Dunning. Dane Dunning gets the athletics, and his slider was really good last time, so we're doing that. Dylan Cease, I know, has been really weird, but I'm going to go for that one. And Kodai Singa gets the Cubs. Um... Yeah, it's the Cubs, but I think like Senga's just been kind of good enough. Uh, really weird, though, yet last time out. I think the fork ball is good enough. I'm going to just still go for it. A questionable start here. You have Seth Lugo against the Dodgers, which isn't fun because it's the Dodgers, but Seth Lugo's been good enough. I think a lot of people want Yuri Perez to be higher up, but two things are pushing me down here. One, it's a return from the minors where I don't think the Marlins are going to push him a ton. And two, the it's not fun pitching inside of Cincinnati. So those two factors combined make it questionable. I'm not saying do not start. I'm saying that, hey, you might want to just play this one safe here. But I'm so excited about Yuri Perez. Uh, you have Tony Gonsolin um, against the Padres, whatever kind of. Patrick Sandoval against the uh, the Giants. I don't like Patrick Sandoval, but like this is a decent one, so I understand that can work out against the Giants. And Cole Reagans against the uh, the Red Sox. I've upgraded from do not start to questionable start. If you remember the roundup, I was so excited about Cole Reagans in his last start. And even though it was at 94 and change, I think the command was really there. And I remember saying inside of that, I'm still going for Boston. Now, across the last week, it's been like the, the Fenway has been a lot scarier since I wrote that. But actually, the last couple of days, they've been slowing down. And I said, you know what? I think like if I have Cole Reagans, I might actually be doing this. And I would even suggest streaming him just for the sake of having the option to uh, to sit or remove him. Like be in control of the fate of Reagans in your fantasy league is my point. Because if he does really well here, it's going to be so difficult to get him off the wire. Everyone's going to be scooping him up. So just do it now and take a chance here maybe against the Red Sox. Um, the do not start here. That means that Gavin Williams is no longer the streamer. It's no longer a red one. As he goes against the Jays, I think his command just isn't good enough yet with the with slider and curveball, and the Jays are really scary, and I just feel like this is too 
risky of a start here for Jacobin Williams. Josiah Gray, Hyunjin Ryu, Ranger Suarez. I'm just not doing Ranger Suarez. is not the man you want him to be right now. Brandon Williamson, no, against the Marlins. Uh, I just think it's too low of a ceiling. Um, Joey Wentz, Peter Lambert, Joe, uh, Drew Smiley, Kim Oldechuk, and Osvaldo Beto round out the streamers. Tomorrow's starters, you have Zach Wheeler and Max Scherzer right there at the top, not in that order. Scherzer, then Wheeler, Fran Valdez, Julio Urias as the very clear auto starts. And you have three more. You have Lucas Giolito against the Giants. I'm doing that. Do not over, uh, I don't know, overrate or just... Do not lean too heavily on that last start against the, against Atlanta. It was early in the morning, which I'm saying in tongue-in-cheek, but really it was Atlanta. And also the command was much better than the line would suggest. And this is the Giants. Way better, way better. If you have Julio, you should start him here. Uh, Zach Eflin against the Cardinals. It seems pretty clear. And same with Sonny Gray against Detroit. Also, in the probable starts here, you have Yusei Kikuchi against the Guardians. That seems all right. The Guardians don't strike out as much, but Kikuchi's been in a good place. I debated a lot of Logan Gilbert versus Eduardo Rodriguez. Gilbert against the Padres and Eduardo Rodriguez against the Twins. I'm going with Gilbert because the slider was so good. It was over a 6 PLV, which you might not have the reference of. But when we say a quality pitch versus a bad pitch, a bad pitch is 4.5 PLV or lower. And a quality pitch that is like an exceptional one is 5.5 or higher. And to say it's 6 last time for Gilbert slider... Oh my gosh, we've been waiting so long for this. So I really hope that sticks around. Well, Eduardo Rodriguez is fine against the Twins. Clark Schmidt is a stream pick of the day against the White Sox because Clark Schmidt's a Toby and it's fine and they have a decent win chance against a terrible White Sox team. Carter Crawford is also someone to consider against the Royals. Um, I think that this is a good win chance. Cutter Crawford's been doing well enough and the Royals are just not good. Um, and also you have Brady Singer on the other side who has had his best slider. I've se- This is the best I've seen of Singer for a very long time, if not ever. The last three starts, that slider being so precise. And the Red Sox are slowing down a little bit. The questionable start tier, Wade Miley might be in the higher tier. However, he threw about 60 pitches last time. And I don't think he's fully stretched out against the Rockies. So they hopefully will let him go five. And hopefully he's efficient enough to go through five. But the ceiling is just capped here. Uh, you have Grayson Rodriguez against the Astros, Tanner Bybee against the Jays, and J.P. Sears against the Rangers. I like all three of those pitchers, just not the matchup. So be cautious with all three of those. Um, Jameson Tyone and Yanni Trias round this out. Tyone could be a Vargas rule against the Mets. I don't love it. He's squeezing out as much as he can out of his repertoire, but I do recognize that he's been better as of late. And Yanni Torinos for Atlanta has a decent win chance, could go five innings. He had an amazing splitter last time, probably doesn't stick around, but is against the Pittsburgh Pirates. I recognize that if you need a win, Yanni Chirinos is someone to consider. I don't love it at all. Could be like three or four innings, but I get it. Do not start tier. Nick Martinez against the Mariners. Oh boy, am I excited. How many pitches is he going to go? I don't know. They're stretching him out a little bit with Musgrove and Weathers out of that rotation. Hill is there, but then they need another spot. That is Nick Martinez. Oh man, I really hope they actually keep him in the rotation. That'd be so good. I've been waiting all year for this, for him to come back. And I mean, I'm, I'm sad because Musgrove's hurt. But man, Nick Martinez deserves this opportunity. But yeah, this is not the start we go for. Maybe the next one, especially if he does well here. Josiah Gray, Mitch Keller, Braxton Garrett are all obvious auto starts with Mitch Keller against Atlanta. And Braxton Garrett just not looking good in, in Cincinnati. Miles Michaelis, Tuki Desant. Brandon Fott goes against the Dodgers. I just don't think that he's good enough. The four-seamer isn't good enough. And the sweeper had a high CSW last time. That's great, but this is the Dodgers. Luke Weaver, Kyle Freeland, Alex Wood, and Carlos Carrasco are all rounding this out. I could honestly put Fott above, like... Tukey, and I can put maybe Luke Weaver up there too, maybe Braxton Garrett ahead of Mitch Keller, but like all of these are just do not starts. All right, that is it for today. Thank you all so much for supporting what we do. My name is Nick Pollock, and may your babbits be low and your strikeouts high.